Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> On October 16th, 1-6-2019. You know, I don't have really anything special to talk about, but I thought that Jerry and I might have a little chat before we start the the show today. I have a question, and I wanted wanted to know what Jerry thought before we get going, okay? Okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is, is Is hair important in recruiting, okay? Because uh, the reason I ask is there was a big controversy this week about about AOC, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. She spent $180 on her haircut and, and got her highlights done. And some people said that's 300. wrong. How much did she pay? $380. 300. $380? But that included the color. Is this sharing the guest? Oh, hold on. Oh, then, yeah, then, then let me let me just take let me just take a step back, okay? Jerry is going to wow. announce the show, and we'll make this part of the show. Jerry, Jerry, okay. what's your name? <laughs> this is the recruiting animal city. Thank you, Jerry. You know, Jerry, if you're going to do the yeah. show live, you better get a phone yeah. that it works on. I mean, you just faded right out. You're the one on the phone yeah. that doesn't work. Yeah, right. Don't hit me with yeah. this stuff. Yeah. Okay, Dude, you, you, you started the show off entirely political. You know AOC is a controversial person. Yeah. I don't it know wasn't why you political. do this. I don't understand no, no. it. It wasn't. Oh, she's okay. not political. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, here's here's my question. She has to appear in front of people. Recruiters have to, uh, do they have to appear in front of people? Is it going to make a difference uh, if a recruiter has a, a good haircut or a bad haircut or a candidate? Would would that make a difference for you if the candidate, uh, you know, didn't have a good haircut? No, doesn't make a difference. Most people have good haircuts, so it's well, pretty much not a factor. Stop okay, it. let's go to Sharon. So I'll introduce you after Sharon. <laughs> you you were contributing. How much did she spend? Three eighty. She spent she spent three hundred, but that's not just a cut. That was including the low lights and color, and that's where the money really comes in. That costs more okay. than a haircut. Was that a fair amount? Is that like you know, how much do you spend uh, on DC, your haircut? In DC, from what I I was curious, I read up in DC. Apparently, that's not unusual. That's mm-hmm. not what I mm-hmm. pay for that. But then again, I'm not in DC. What do you pay? Huh. 
Um, here, I think I've paid about 135 for that. Uh-huh. Okay, so hair is important. Yeah, you know what? That's, it's, it's, it's what's known as the pink tax. You know, welcome to our world, gentlemen. What does that mean? Uh, that means that uh, have have you seen any middle-aged women lately with gray hair in recruiting? Uh, I, I I know there's one in the group. <laughs> you know the why 10, they 000. color their hair? Men, okay. men tend to let it go gray. And why is it important? I don't before see we... hair color. I don't even see. Okay. Well, because <laughs> there's a different expectation of youth and beauty on I'm women blind. than men. It's just a general thing. Okay, well, okay, if you had gray hair, uh, you mean somebody would no, respond I, I, negatively to you? No, I don't. Um, not much. Very little. Um, but, I mean, just in general, that's, uh, as, as a woman gets older... Is somebody calling from an airport? For those kind of services. Uh, with her, I think it was more a matter of, you know, looking uh, the looks in the hair at the low life okay. with it. More okay, let me, let me, let me just say, okay, before we go on, I want to thank my sponsors. PC okay. Recruiter, the Swiss All Army right. Knife. <laughs> of recruiting software, hire tool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L, the super-duper sourcing tool, and hone it, H-O-N-E-I-T, the phone interview technology. My guest today is Sharon Dean Clark. No E at the end. C-L-A-R-K. C-L-A-R-K. You can tell she's a good talker, but she talks a little too much. And she admitted it on my Facebook group. That she's too detail-oriented. I am going to be guiding her. I just want to give a warning because some people don't like that when I guide the guest. But trust me, you'll be happy that I do it, okay? Now, Sharon. Yeah, I will. Okay. Sharon works for a smallish growing robotics company, your own words, and it's a unit of a big multinational. She's an American, Mm -hmm. as you can hear, but she lives in Holland. In Utrecht, apparently, Ooh. and she recruits mm-hmm. people who make robots. Okay, yeah, right. Her company wow. makes mobile cool. robots and the software that controls them. She recruits for all jobs in Holland and Germany. Uh, what languages mm-hmm. do you speak? What languages do you speak? Um, I speak English and Dutch. Oh, you speak Dutch? Oh yes. Oh, congratulations. Okay, and you made a point of saying there's 21 nationalities in the business unit. What does that mean? Do you re- re- recruit well, in Urdu that as well? That's or? pretty unusual because the business unit I work in in Utrecht is only about 200 people. Okay, um, and they're all from so someplace that's, else. That's pretty cool that there's 21 nationalities spread across that amount of people. What's so cool about it? Uh, I can pass people, uh, you know, at the coffee machine sometimes, and I'll hear two people having a very deep conversation in Romanian. Um, okay, yeah, that is cool. Oh, my God. Romanian is cool. Turkish Romanian is, is cool, everybody. You heard it here. What hours do you work? You heard it here. What hours do you work? Um, regular business hours. Nine to five? Uh more like uh, 9.30 to 6, 6.30, because I, I Jerry, tend to find that... Jerry, you see how she didn't answer me? I asked a straight question. I had to pull out an answer. Don't do that. Pretty slippery. It's, yep. It depends on the day, honestly. Some days I'll start a little uh, later. Some days I'll start earlier if, if I have a meeting schedule. It varies. I okay. have a little bit of flex okay. in my time. Okay, so you don't get up at 6 in the morning like all the super winners do, and then do No, all... I'm not a morning person. And then do all your sourcing at you're on your own time at home at night. You don't do that, right? You do your sourcing <laughs> at night after work. Uh, not very.
but it does uh, happen occasionally if I'm on Facebook and I happen to grab a developer out of Colorado, which happened on a, a, on a group. Um, I think the most interesting off-time sourcing I ever did is uh, I ended up getting a candidate by hitchhiking. Oh, you dated a candidate wow. by hitchhiking? <laughs> I don't know the what that interesting means. interesting story I have is, how did you get a candidate? Well, I hitchhiked. There was okay. this bridge uh, that I needed to walk under to get to um, the bus, and it was completely blocked off. Yellow, you know, like yellow safety coats. Don't everywhere. drag it out. Remember what, what I – I warned you. I warned you. Don't I'm drag a, it I'm out. I'm enjoying the story. My, Don't my let your weird proclivities cut this woman off. Of them, so you can either go with it or not. Yeah, good Jerry point. wants to hear it. Do Jerry it, wants to get it on. Clam it okay, up, it's a good story. animal. So I'm, I'm standing there wondering how am I, you know, going to get through this. Young woman pulls up beside me in her car, gets out, talks, and this is all in Dutch, of course, talks to the guy in the yellow coat and says, you know, how do I get to such and such place? And I'm thinking, hey, I need to go there. So I just ask her, do you mind if I ride along? And on the conversation on that trip, found out that her boyfriend happened to work for a place we usually like to find candidates, and he was a system engineer, which I was looking for. And that's how I ended up recruited him, through his girlfriend who I hitchhiked with. And do you that's believe awesome. there was a, was there a supernatural element in that? Mm. Uh, nothing more than my my uh, sparkling personality, no. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. The coincidence was it's just it's just too uh, great to be a normal human event. There must be someone right. guiding guiding you. Okay, that that was that, that's something uh, special. Okay, uh, okay. So you source people. You you work for a, co- a company, a corporation. You're an in-house recruiter, mm-hmm. but you're not mm-hmm. just handling incoming resumes. You source people. Yes or no? Of course, yes. Of course, okay. Uh, apparently that's not always the case. Okay, you've only been a recruiter for three years. Is that correct? That's right. Mm-hmm, okay. that's right. Wow. How did she, – she sounds like a so pro. You're still, She's got that, you're still enthused about it. Yeah, that'll yeah. wear off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that'll, that'll slowly start dying off. <laughs> okay, how, how did you learn to be a recruiter? You got hired. You How didn't did know anything about recruiting. How did you learn? Well, I, my first job was an agency. Isn't that the gold standard of getting into recruitment, according to this group? Uh, I say the opposite. No, no. I, I, I say no. I say uh, no, but go ahead. So you, you were do. an agency. You were in an agency. Yes. Oh, and they I taught was, you how. Um, yeah, so that I was lucky that the agency I worked for actually did uh, educate their recruiters. Uh-huh. I was also lucky that the agency I worked for was one of the few that has been found to not uh, practice discriminatory practices with their candidates. They do a, a blind test on this every year, like a secret test. Uh, yep. The agency I work for always comes out as one of the handful. So I was lucky that, you know, I was also taught ethically. I'm ethical, I'm ethical anyway, but um, I was very lucky that that's where I landed. Yeah, okay, but if it was so great, how come you went in-house? Because the – Jerry, you want to handle that? Jerry, that's Jerry's like. question. No, Jerry, you want to handle that one? Uh, Go ahead. No, Jerry, just, you want to handle No, no I, good question, Animal. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's because the contingency part of it is what I didn't like. The pay part. No, the contingency mm-hmm. part, the, the part that you're always an option. 
um, a very last thought option. It's something that I don't like in my personal life or my professional life, frankly. Um, I don't like that part of it. The fact that you and who knows how many other agencies are trying to throw okay. a CV at a company as fast as possible to get someone looked at. I don't like that model. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, That's she's not tough enough. Sounds like, like she didn't like the competition, I like to dive like deeper and spend more time with my candidates. Okay. She doesn't mm-hmm. sound like someone who would crack under pressure, Jerry. She sounds tough to me. Okay. She didn't like, she didn't know, like the competition. It wasn't a matter of cracking under pressure. It was a matter of I don't like the the fact that I can't yeah, yeah, heard. much okay, time. Yeah, we heard. Okay, we got it. Yeah, we're just, we're just, she likes so, to we're take just, her time. It takes her a long time to tell all of her stories, and she – wasn't able to squeeze them all in in the contingency dog-eat-dog world. And and yet I made the same number of placements as my teammates who were doing more activities to get them, but, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. Okay, awesome. okay, but look, but you have complained in public that corporate recruiters have no resources. They won't uh, – uh, you said some of us so, – uh, you said – here, I'm going to read what yeah. you said. Uh, you're active on the group. I got a, I, you're, you know, I got you in writing for all kinds of stuff. Okay. And that's fine. Some, I stand by it. Some of us corporate recruiters have to be more creative because we got no budget for tools or training. Yeah. I'm saving. I'm saving up to pay for a course myself. In the meantime, True. in the meantime, I'm reading books like Full Stack Recruiter to upskill myself. Okay. Absolutely what do you mean? True. No, no resources. What, what, what does that mean exactly? Well, this has been my experience, um, and I've talked to other people that have similar um, experience in talent acquisition. They tend to think that we, um, you know, come out of the box uh, ready to go without, you know, additional tools or training. I haven't had training that I would call, you know, recruiting training in, in, this, in this position. What kind of training do you want? Um, I would like to have training on, you know, sourcing tools, for example, beyond LinkedIn Recruiter. Uh huh. And how's that? How's it working out with Full Stack Recruiter? Are you enjoying the book? Are you learning anything? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting. Um, uh, it's uh, it's definitely he gets a lot deeper than just Boolean strings in there, which is cool. Uh, yeah, I like it. I mean, I'm I'm not just reading that one. I'm reading other ones. So it's it's I have gone gotten through have the whole you, book. Have, yeah, ha, it's a have, really have good you book. used Have you used anything you got out of a book in your daily practice? Sure, I've tried some boolean uh, strings that I learned in there to see where I could find some people. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a vague answer. Oh, yeah, I tried to. Bl- I, I, does that mean you got any results? Did it do anything? I'm talking about results, not playing around. Next question. What is your definition posting, of results? Well, I'm moving on. P- posting salary. <laughs> you said you said that posting your the salary uh, helps with the if you've got a job ad. You, you first of all, yeah. you post ads I, yeah. and you post salary. Go ahead, tell us. No, true. Um, I find that 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 helps uh, getting candidates in that are probably qualified. It also helps uh, shut out the ones that wouldn't even be in your ballpark. Uh huh. And do you put in a range, or like a hundred thousand, or a hundred to one hundred fifty? How do you put it in? Well, I don't. My company will not do that. But I've seen other companies mm-hmm. that do. So, well, what are you it's talking about here? Hat? Oh, my, come on. No, that's the corporate this, policy of what I do. This sounds like secondhand whistleblower information. <laughs> oh, sorry, what did you say? 
Yeah, he, <laughs> he said your, your, your story's not valid, okay? That's because you're not doing it yourself. How do you really know, okay? I know as a candidate how I feel if I see a job ad that doesn't have one as opposed to one that does. So Michael G. Cox, Michael G. Cox wants to say something. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll post. I, I, I post salaries um, in my in my job, so and and it, and it helps to kind of eliminate folks that just simply are not going to fit into this position. Yeah. So, okay. What, I like that. How do you post them? Makes how do you post them, Mike? How do you post them? A range or a, a figure? About, I'll talk about base salary and, and on-target earnings, um, guarantees on commission, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you feel yeah. it helps you, right? Because you've compared. Well, it, you compared. It reduces the number of of conversations with candidates that aren't going to work out because uh-huh. maybe we can't afford them. Okay. Okay. Okay, thank you. Uh, I'm going to do uh, an ad, but you have special, because you're in a robotics company, you have special insight, Sharon, into facial recognition <laughs> software in video interviews. Am I right about that? Is that did I understand you correctly? I, I've, I've talked to someone whose company is doing that. Oh, okay. Well, hold on a sec. I'll, I'll come back to you and, and get that secondhand information about mm-hmm. that as well. Hey, 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 everybody. Recruiting Animal here for Hire Tool, H-I-R-E. T-U-A-L. You know what that is? That's the super-duper sourcing tool. Amy Miller, she's a favorite on the show. Everybody knows her. Uh, she endorses it 120%. You know, she wrote about fa- uh, her favorite sourcing tool on Facebook, and if someone asked her what it is, she said, hire tool, hands down. I recruit engineering managers in a big tech company. I've done side-by-side comparisons between hire tool and an other brand name, brand name tool, and there was no contest. Hire Tool provided relevant results, full contact info. The other tool didn't. Okay, she's happy to talk to anybody about it. She talks about it all the time. So, check it out yourself. H I R E T U A L. They've got a free Chrome extension to help you get contact information, and uh, that's it for now. Hire Tool. Okay, what did you want to tell us? about facial recognition software. Is it in use? Is it in use actually right now? It is, yes. So elaborate um, please. There this is all over this is all over uh LinkedIn, I think, and elsewhere last week that Unilever just hired over a hundred thousand people doing one way video interviews and it involved uh facial recognition technology. Okay, and what so does that determine? Done. What does the facial recognition software determine? Does it that's, uh, that's sexual orientation what or what? Say. Of course not. It recognizes the whole point that was to get a more faces. diverse uh, class of people in. Oh, well, well, Michael uh, G. Cox, what does I it recognize? A, well, let Michael G. Cox talk. People have faces. Yeah, they have faces. It recognizes facial expressions like a widening of an eye or you know a smile or a frown, uh, tone of voice as well. Uh, word choice to an extent. Uh, there's some kind of algorithm in it that compares it to whatever their baseline data is of what would be considered, you know, more, uh, you know. Successful. What are they measuring with it? What are they measuring, like whether you're telling the truth or not? Because apparently that's not easy to tell. Uh, even. That's a good question. I don't think they'd come out and say it, but I would suspect that's part of it. 
Okay, so I thought no, and I thought you had some you know real. Uh, okay, okay. Here's something. Here's something that you do. Here's something you do. You sell mm-hmm. your city. You live in Utrecht, and, and it's uh, a great city. Okay, but so what does that mean? You sell your city. Okay, and you sell it against Amsterdam. Am I right about that? Yeah. So what does that mean? You call people up who work in Amsterdam and say, look, you got to move here. It's much better than where you are. Is that what you do? <laughs> no, it's not that so much. You have to understand everyone thinks – everyone knows Amsterdam. There are unfortunately a lot of people that think Amsterdam is the same thing as the entire country. Uh, Utrecht is not that well known. So when you're contacting a candidate who's not from this country, you have to you know, sell the, the, the city because they're thinking Amsterdam. So that so, is what well, you're what, selling. What is there? How do you sell it? What do you say? Ah, what it's like to live in. It's uh, it doesn't have the tourist issue Amsterdam uh, has for one thing. There are wheelie uh, suitcases all over the place in Amsterdam. It's uh, it's annoying. Um, it doesn't have the the loud uh, frat parties that are going through Amsterdam either. Uh, Utrecht is a really really nice place to live, and it's very close to Amsterdam, so you're not in the middle of nowhere. Okay, Who that's was not the a last very good person sell. that you relocated to there from another country? Good question. I'm sorry, what did you say? Who was the last person that you relocated there from another country? Uh, a, a, a nice young man from Luxembourg. Okay. Luxembourg. How, How far is that? Compare? Ten miles? How far is that? Ten miles? No. I also located someone from Colorado in the United States last year from uh, to Utrecht. Okay. Well, Luxembourg is crazy expensive. Germany as well. Um, well, he was actually living just over the border in Belgium, and like most people, driving into Luxembourg every day to work for that reason. Um, I've, yeah. you know, relocate, relocated people out of Germany as well. Uh-huh. And when you're talking to real, when you're recruiting people in Germany and you only speak English and Dutch, is English enough? Mm-hmm. It better be because English is the internal, uh, the official internal language of our uh, company. So if they can't speak English, they wouldn't do well. Uh huh. Okay. And so everybody in Europe speaks English. Is that what you're saying? No, I said everyone in my company does. Okay. okay. Well, the well, official company. So, so you're calling some people and they don't speak. You say. Oh, they say yeah, and you say no. <laughs> Is that what happens? <laughs> no, haven't had that problem because I I can tell by screening them first if they have a decent level of English by looking at their profile online, their CV. Okay, and I gathered that your main source of uh, identifying candidates is LinkedIn. Is that right? Um, that online applications, and I I get some from social media, also from my meetup group. People get referred to me because I'm known. What's a meetup group uh, in Utrecht? Do you, you have know what a meetup.com is? Yeah, okay. So you, but tell me about okay. it. I've never been to one. Okay. So I run the largest expat meetup group in Utrecht. I started about five years ago. Uh-huh. So my name is known um, with the economic board, uh, just in general on the social media groups. Uh, people get referred to me that way as well. And during my meetup groups, I've you know I've recruited a few people just during a meetup group, not even intending to do it, but you start talking to someone, and then you realize they may be a fit. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. What 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 uh, strange things about uh, Utrecht or or uh, Holland would uh, an American uh, encounter, or what would uh, an American find strange about moving there? 
Um, okay, so making friendships with locals is difficult because they book everything in their their um, calendar, their agenda, like really far in advance. So it's hard to – you can't just drop by someone's house. You have to make an appointment. That uh-huh. That is a big culture shock for a lot of people. And it's a, uh-huh. it's a topic of conversation constantly in these expat groups. It makes it hard to animal, make friends with locals. Pardon me? <laughs> you, you like that, don't you, Michael? I mean, you, you don't want people to pop in. So. Yep. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, okay. okay. I'm moving on. Okay. So you uh, don't have a, a technical engineering education, right? But you're no, here with these. I have these... a bachelor of science in psychology. Okay, so you but you so you're recruiting these really high tech people. Okay, yeah. how did you uh, how did you adjust to that? I mean, how do you do it? I mean, do you know what you're talking about? Uh, to an extent, I don't. You know, I don't know. Hold how on, Jerry. Uh, but... Jerry, are you eating? Are you eating in the phone? Uh, do you have your food on on the screen? Dude, in fact, I've got my phone on mute. Well, you shouldn't have your phone on mute because you should be helping me with some questions here, okay? Do you need help? (laughs) Yeah, I do. I don't think I'm catching fire with you. I don't think you're enjoying the the interview. That's my gut feeling. I I haven't got you. What made you? I haven't got anything that's turned you a question that turned you on. But this question, you're going to answer, okay? I I am not going to let go. Manage your expectations, Michael. If you think this interview is going to turn me on, it's recruiting animal on this show, okay? It's recruiting animal. You want to talk to me, animal? Hey, animal, okay? I'm okay, happy with animal. the question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's my imp- the important question. You're recruiting okay. technical people. You don't know yes. anything technical yourself. How do you handle that? Uh, the way most people handle it, you do your research. You talk to people what does who it mean? are doing what, does what that you're mean? recruiting for. What does that mean, research? Give me an example, okay? Um, an example. So I'm recruiting a new kind of, well, for me, a role I haven't recruited for in the software department, for example. I'll look up online, uh, you know, what this role means, what the usual specs for it are, and then I'll talk to the, you know, the manager who's recruiting for it and see what they're really looking for. And then I talk to someone who's maybe doing that role and see what's really important. I talk to people no, and no, I do no, research see, on You're my talking own. vague. You're vague. I have something wrong with me. I never understand what the guests are getting at, right? What do you do when you go Wait, to the hiring manager? Do you ask? What the well, oh, are getting oh, at? Let, let me get to what I'm – let me finish, okay? <laughs> uh, do, you, do you go to the hiring manager and say, look, give me a checklist – uh, uh, with mm-hmm. a bunch of buzzwords and questions that I can ask, knockout questions. So even if I don't know what I'm saying, uh, if this person seems to know what it is, I'll, I'll, I'll think they're okay. Do you, do you ask specifically for questions? Uh, what is it? You, you say, oh, I asked Dr. The Iron Manager. What do you talk about? Oh, I talk about um, – well, I, I usually get a really long list of requirements just to be – to be straight. Uh, the list of requirements we get is really, really long. And part of that conversation is going to be uh, to see what in that list is probably in the nice to have as opposed to the requirement, because that's almost always the case. That's part uh-huh. of the conversation. Um, also, some of those buzzwords in there, you'll have different kinds of scripting languages, for example, that would be equivalently qualifying you, uh, qualifying you but they won't be listed on there. So I ask questions like that. 
But it sounds like you've got these uh, difficult uh, uh, hiring managers that just don't know what to tell you, have to work it out of them. Is that right? No, not really. I mean, they're, they're, they're managers. I mean, hiring managers, they're hiring when they're hiring, but their job is to manage their team, not to necessarily recruit. That's my job. Okay. okay. So well, my you job actually get this information out of okay. them. Okay. Yeah, okay, so so you have to really – so a re- good recruiter can't sit down with a hiring manager and expect him or her to deliver because they don't know how to do that. The recruiter that has to go in – entirely on the hiring manager. Some do and some don't. Okay, but what – the recruiter has to be prepared to go in and know enough to, to know when he or she has all the information she needs, Right. Should be yes. Uh huh. Okay. And and to press these people, did you did you you said you asked uh, if anybody has a program to train their hiring managers on interviewing and any engineering team members who will participate in the interviews. Mm-hmm. Do you do that? Do you force yes. these people to learn how to? I don't force. To, I don't force them. They they were very happy to have the trainings that I I made and provided. Uh huh. Well, you said. No, no. You said that no, there's engineers who think they. Yeah, you said. You said <laughs> there's engineers who don't want the training. They think they can wing it, and you oh, have to talk them into yeah. it. I have had. I have had a few of those. Yes. And how? What did you do? How did you uh, strong arm them into doing what was right? <laughs> I explained to them what the advantages of it, of it were, would be. Okay. Do that to me. Do I have to? <laughs> yeah, you know what? You're just too vague. I want to be nitty-gritty. I said Hans or whatever, Jan. This is why I want you to do this, okay? <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, I would ask you first, what do you usually do in an interview? Do you go in with a plan? Do you have planned questions? Or are they always the same? Or do you just kind of wing it? And your answer would help determine how I would you know, persuade you. So a lot of times from, from this I would get, I wing it. And then I would say, okay, this is why uh, that's not such a good idea. Uh, when you wing it, you want to have consistency across what you're asking different candidates, which means you can't compare effectively. It also means you're more likely to have bias creep in. And I would go from there. But you don't want me to get into and, details, uh, animals, so let's stop it at that. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, sometimes <laughs> it's just good, just like I'll use that against you like you did for me. Depends. Okay. That, that's so, fine. Okay, so hold on. So uh, do you make sure that, like, how many, how many interviews, uh, how many people do your candidates have to see? That also varies per role, to be honest, um, and per team. Because some of the teams are bigger than others. Uh, some people are in shared services, for example, and then they'll need to see more people because they're working with teams across countries. Uh, the most complicated one I think I had, well, one of them was an HSE advisor, and that's a sh- that the health and safety is shared service. So I had, for example, a remote interview that involved people in three countries in four time zones. Okay, so but they were all UK, on at the same time. That was a, that was a panel interview. Was that a pa- here's, here's the reason I'm asking. Okay, if somebody mm-hmm. has to go okay. through three or four interviews, and you're mm-hmm. you're guiding the uh, the interviewers, 
Uh, are yes. you giving them all? They're all asking the same questions, so this poor candidate has to ask the, answer the exact same questions every no, time in separate no, interviews. No, they don't. They don't have it. Uh, they don't have it organized uh, on, on that level, honestly. <laughs> okay. No, we don't have okay. set questions that usually. Now there was one process where there were that there was more uh, structured, but we're talking a director level um, interview. So that one had more structure and it had more steps. It's the longest step process I think I've seen. I'm going to do an ad. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Recruiting Animal here for PC Recruiter. Okay. Nick Mazur. I've told you about him before. He is a recruiter, and here's what he says. He says, we use PC Recruiter, and we love it. He said, I've demoed a ton of systems, and they have this means they means PC Recruiter. They have the most robust set of features. Other products do one or two things better, but overall, I think PC Recruiter has the most features. We do, and we find it useful. We do multiple industries and four different types of searches, and it's very, very versatile. And Michael G. Cox knows why. Why is it versatile, Michael G. Cox? I've heard it's configurable. It is. It's configurable. And if you don't know how to configure it yourself, they will help you. Okay? So go check them out at pcrecruiter.net. Okay. Now, the guest actually gave me some questions. You know, I always think mine are better, but uh, uh, I'll come back. You know what? Here's a question. Here's Here's a question, though. Why do people leave jobs? Okay, there's this statistic floating around that 75% of the time it's because of their boss. I don't believe that. What do you say? I think that's probably a lot of the time, but I've also seen people leave jobs because, you know, the commute is too far. Their life has changed. Maybe they're about to move. Um, Maybe they're not getting enough money and they can't advance in that company. They've hit a ceiling and they go somewhere where that's possible. Okay. Yeah, I so did. I could give see it that 75%. Yeah. You think 75%? Michael G. Cox, are you a 75% man? Yeah. I mean, the fact is that all of those, yes, all of those. And, and yeah. um, oh, I, I think most? The, the whole boss situation is probably definitely at the top. Really? Mm-hmm. Jerry, are you a 75% man? You're in a different kind of position. Are you still there? Jerry's uh, eating lunch or something. Something important. <laughs> I assure you. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think that's really the case. I think it's for uh, money, and I think it's for, uh, in, uh, you know, professional opportunity. Okay? Yeah, and but there's that another... has a direct impact on it, though. Your manager is going to have a huge impact on you making more money in your professional opportunity. So you could say no, that. I, I think that's the company. Percent. No, no, I think it's a company. You, you, maybe you want your manager's job, and, and he or she is a young person, and they're not going to move <laughs> up, up for a while. There's not a lot of mobility there. That's, that is uh, something that's beyond the individual. There's a related question, okay? Is top mm-hmm. talent ripe for the picking? You know, you keep hearing again and again, every article, most people hate their job, like 80% of them, and want to leave. Do you find that's true? 80% of the, the working people want, want to leave. Hmm. I haven't found that so much true in the – I don't know, in the software development uh, area that the people I've talked to, 
So I don't uh-huh. know. What, what about Michael G? Uh, Michael C. Cox probably has more. Uh, it's G. More it's G. As in George. G, Not sorry. C. As in Carl. <laughs> Michael G. Cox. G. Oh, G. You have an opinion? You're saying that 80% of people what? They hate their jobs and they want to leave, so they should be easy to recruit no. theoretically. Mm-mm. No, that's not that's not true at all. What who, percentage who, of people want, what percentage statistics? of people want to leave? Oh, I'd say slightly under half. Okay. Anybody else online want to? Everybody, you know, I, I'm only calling the people I know. But anybody else got an opinion? They they want to say half. something? No, not even Jerry. half. No way. Not even so half. half of the pe- uh-huh. Half of the people don't hate. Not even okay. half. Jer- Jerry, you missed the other question. Okay. Uh, uh, for oh, reasons sorry about for leaving that. The- I got disconnected by you somehow. No, you didn't. Okay. <laughs> Seventy. Okay. Of people who actually leave their jobs, are seventy-five percent of them leaving because of the boss? They hate yeah. the boss. Uh, you Usually, believe yeah. that? Gee whiz. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only time I ever left a place was because of my boss. Yeah, you have you, you never had a real job, okay? I had multiple. For, I had multiple real jobs, dude. Yeah, and every time I left, two, it was because of the boss. Yeah, not for the last thirty years, okay? Yeah. Are Are you disputing that fact? I mean, that's just a fa- pretty much a fact. Did everybody agree? Everybody agreed but, you? but me. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dude, you are so clueless, man. I don't. I still, uh, I shake my head every time I realize you don't know anything about any of this. Yeah, right. It, okay. blow, it blows my mind. Uh huh. Okay. It, it really so, does. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Thanks. Okay. Uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Okay. My memorable mm-hmm. experience when a candidate uh, accepted a job offer. This is what you sent me as a, an interesting thing to talk about. I, I don't even understand yeah. what you're saying there. What is it? Oh, well, I'll tell you why. Uh, you know, one of the pictures you used for uh, for my intro was that picture of me holding that book up. It was a picture of yep. me in front uh-huh. of one of our robots. Yeah. Uh, oh. so the reason I got that book. I'm sorry. What did you say? I didn't say anything. I said, yeah. oh. Oh, okay. Um, the reason hey, I got that. Hey, side note, animal, is, unmute, Kathy. Unmute Kathy. I don't know why no, you do Kat- this to people every single show. Because uh, Ka- Kathy's line is terrible. That's the line that was making all the noise. Sorry, Kathy. Way no, to go, Kathy. Not sorry. I had so I much to contribute. Okay. I had so much to contribute throughout this whole call. And okay, now, now, now you could. Okay, your your no, your line is a little more clear now. Okay. Okay. But I'm sorry because I know if I do anything to you, you're going to go on Facebook and tell everybody how rotten I am. Okay. Of yep. course. So I don't That's want. That's how I heard about it. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> I so had we're creating few, animal traditions, Kathy. I know, yeah. I know, and I'm always <laughs> like, you know, my opinions mean nothing. But right, I but do go have, ahead. I do have a few things to back. Mm-hmm. I have to back go backwards. My husband yeah. represented the guy who invented facial recognition recognition mm-hmm. when he was a, a patent attorney. And yeah. I met with the guy, brilliant, um, and uh, also, you know, cutthroat. But anyway, that was an interesting little tidbit. The second thing I wanted to touch, about, touch on was the whole interview process and the hiring process between – um, the recruiter and the hiring manager. And mm-hmm. my belief has always been, and the way I've always been trained, is that you do a very intricate intake 
session with mm-hmm. the hiring manager, and yeah. you you have to you have to remember they have metrics and you have metrics. So it's only in everybody's best interest to to make you know the time to close as as short as possible. So I, mm-hmm. I believe that as a recruiter, you definitely have the right and should be demanding that your hiring managers, you know, work with you. And if they don't, go above them. I mean, you have to just throw your weight in front of them and say, hey, you want, you want this that fast? You're going to have to work with me. And also, it, it, maybe it's just in the States and in big corporations, but they do have um, interview sessions that are all the same questions asked to the same people mm-hmm. all of the time. Because yeah. in the United States, anyway, it's against the law if you don't. So, um, but I think you sound great for being out just three years. I mean, I've been doing oh, it over twenty. You. So you sound uh-huh. you sound really, really good. But there were just you know what I, I think the high, I think she is I think she's tough, just like you said. And when she leaves the room, the hiring managers say, "Stupid American." I'll bet you that happens. Okay. It could. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I don't know well, how you deal with it culturally. I understand what they said, and I can I can give it right back. <laughs> I don't know if it's. Uh, I have a question then. Is it culturally okay. different in the way you would interact with the hiring managers where you live versus how we do it in the U.S.? Well, that's hard for me to answer because I've never recruited in the U.S. Okay. Um, she she know, got married I, to a I Dutchman. That, hey, she, Kathy, she got married to a Dutchman. Was. She was over there and then got her this job over there. Okay, that's okay. I, well, I was married to a Dutchman when I got into the country, and I stayed after we divorced. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. You should be a ninety day fiance. I should be what? <laughs> a ninety day fiance. That. that show. No, 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 no. I was married for years. Um, I okay. did my time and got my dual citizenship. Um, I remarried to a Brit. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, and we um, both work in international companies, so um, you know, I'm the one who okay. speaks really fluent yeah, Okay. So you said so. Okay. You uh, you were telling before we gave Kathy uh-huh. her corner. Okay. You were telling mm-hmm. us about uh, some story about a candidate. But first, I'm going to do an ad. Right. Okay. So you're going to tell us about somebody accepted an offer. Okay. Hi, everybody. Recruiting Animal here for Honeit, H-O-N-E-I-T, okay, dot com. It's phone interview technology. It records your interviews and turns the key questions and answers into separate audio clips to help the hiring managers hear the motivation, the personality, and the enthusiasm that the recruiter just heard. You can't get that from a resume. And you just heard everybody talking. They have to work with those hiring managers. They have to sell the hiring managers on their candidates. And if you want to get a hiring manager excited about a great candidate, you want to share some of the sizzle you yourself heard with Honit. So turns the interview into a searchable transcript as well. Okay. Uh, the only thing I worry about with the Honit, what if the candidate isn't, uh, doesn't have any sizzle? I mean, uh, don't you find that sometimes, uh, um, uh, Sharon, that the candidates don't have any sizzles? They're wet noodles? Possibly, but some jobs are really good for that. <laughs> what? I mean, that could be a really good cultural match for the particular team. Uh, not everyone's going to have sizzle. Uh-huh. It doesn't oh, mean sometimes a requirement. Uh, okay, so sometimes the culture is unsizzly. Is that what you're saying? 
the particular, you know, hiring manager may be uncivilly for all I know, so it may be a good match in that way. Okay, so you go back to your story, okay? Let's not argue about dumb okay. stuff. Go ahead. <laughs> right. Not everyone can be an, an extrovert, and we shouldn't expect them to be. So I do story. expect them. I do. Hold on. Some uh, The guest from uh, just a couple of weeks ago or last time the, the show, he said that a recruiter has to have the gift of gab, okay? The, that's, that's, that's an extrovert. No. the same thing as being an extrovert. No, that's ridiculous. You don't think so? Uh, didn't Amy sorry. Miller say that she's not one? Who said? She said that she wasn't. Yeah, she's confused. Okay, she's 100 percent extroverted. Well, she's, probably in, uh, she's probably on the introvert side of an ambivert. I'm on the extroverted uh, uh, side ambivert. of that. Ambivert is a cop out. If you're an ambivert, you're a nothing. There is no then. There is no, no introvert it's not or extrovert. True. If you can't deal with nuance, you're not going to do well in the world. Oh, okay, well, go back to your story. Let's get it out. <laughs> so my story. Um, about one of the most memorable uh, responses I had when a candidate accepted an offer, I called him up, he answered the phone, and he told me he just got the letter from the Dutch Immigration Service for his citizenship, and I was the first person he got to tell. There was sheer joy in his voice. This guy was a Syrian refugee, and we mm. hired him as an engineer. No company would mm-hmm. take a chance on him because you couldn't track down his education because, obviously, things were bombed. Um, so just the joy in his voice, and he, I was the first person he got to tell that. That was pretty cool. They have robotics designers in Syria? He was not a robotics designer. He was a well, different kind position? of engineer. He was, a, he was a mechanical engineer. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was for a different department. Well, I, I recruit across the entire uh, business, including assembly technicians, you know, service engineers. That's very different than someone who's a software engineer, a DevOps, or a C++. It's, there's a whole lot of moving parts. Okay. Also, hey, so, Adam, yeah. didn't mention that that was the issue. The issue was, you know, the, the, the paperwork and getting his immigration through and confirming his stuff, the guy's from Syria. Imagine confirming an education in, in a – God, are you even paying attention? I did. The yeah. only part interested me was no, that, you, that you can actually recruit somebody for her kind of company who's coming from Syria. Yeah. It's like a, ba- it's yeah. a backwards country. Yeah. Okay. Is it, am I allowed to wow, say that dude. now? No. Okay. Yeah. Uh, redact okay. my my voice and likeness from every bit of this show. <laughs> you have to understand, Europe has a lot of Syrian refugees in it. Yeah, and there's some very quite educated uh, and also very technically educated and experienced refugees that are in you know in Europe from Did, Syria. Didn't know that. Didn't know that. See, there, there you are. go. Okay, here. What about this? You have said uh, you declared on Facebook that the standard mm-hmm. metrics are ant- antiquated. Okay, like a funnel where you know if you make a certain right. amount of. Uh, yeah, you want to talk about that? Do you, what kind of metrics do you Oh, yeah, that was part in? of my problem with contingency recruitment. Um, mm. The fact that you would have to do maybe 15-minute um, sessions with a candidate and limit it to that and spend most of your time, you know, pushing more people through the funnel instead of, spend, you know, I, I prefer to, you know, find the more qualified people, spend a little more time on them. That's uh-huh. what I meant but, by but that. We, and that's why but I we like always contingency. Hear, 
we always hear that corporate recruiters are, or you know, they get like 30 recs or 50 recs, and they're dealing with mm-hmm. 10 different hiring managers, and that they're they're yeah. totally overburdened. True, I had 45 when I started. Yeah. So what are you what are you telling that telling us that you know you were pushed too hard for time uh, when you were at the contingency firm? I mean, really, 45 no, jobs? That's not what she said. It's... What did she say? Oh, you go, Mr. Smarty Pants. What did she say? She didn't like the contingency aspect. No, and no, she fact, just added, so, no, she added something no, else, on. okay? I said, oh, I said, oh, you cracked under the pressure, which is what you're now saying under 45 Rex. She clarified, no, it had nothing to do with the pressure. It was being a contingent, a side yeah. option. Yeah. yeah. You weren't even listening to the people on your show. I did. Yes. She said. She exactly. said that. I like the fact that you know when you're inside, you have a direct line yeah. to the people, the decision makers. You have more uh-huh. influence. I can walk Nothing, up to yeah, their well, desk and they can't ignore me because I'm standing right in front of them. Jerry, she also I said that was the reason I, she got divorced. Her. She didn't like being a contingent spouse. Didn't you say that? Excuse Ooh. me, I did not say that. Let's hear more about that. What led up to the divorce? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say that at all. I thought you said in a, uh, you know, we can go back. It's recorded. You said in a, I don't like being contingent in a marriage either. Didn't you say that? No, I did not say that. I said in general, I don't like being an option in my Mm. personal life or my professional life. That is just a baseline. has nothing to do with. That's the term you used. Okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it doesn't have anything to do with marriage or not. That's just a general fact that I have a spine, and there it is. Okay, there you go. Is it really bad for women in tech? Uh, it's not easy. If you look at the num- the sheer numbers, uh, you know, the odds are against you. Okay, no, no, the numbers are abstract. You're recruiting in tech, okay? Uh, there was one uh-huh. woman posted on Twitter. I put, She said, I'm tired of being told to act like a white man and then penalized for it. And she was white, by the way, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. so, so, so is that, like, real that, you know, I think you also commented on, you know, uh, why women – uh, don't negotiate that they uh, mm-hmm. oh, if they I'm act like back men. On me myself, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, talk about that. Is it hard for a woman to negotiate? Oh, oh want... yeah. Um, I, I experienced that myself um, in a job when I uh, pressed for a you know a salary increase during a contract um, extension, and it totally ruined my relationship with the manager, which made my job really hard to do afterwards. Okay, what did you do that with it was so soured him or her on you? Uh, not smile and just say thank you very much and accept what they offered without any pushback. Well, how did you push back? I like to hear the exact words, okay? Uh, I said, you know, this is what I think, you know, the the increase should be, and this is what I bring to the table. This is why. And, uh, yeah, apparently that wasn't good. Were you rude? Not at all. And was this in Europe or in the United States? Yes, in the Netherlands. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, no, is that, is that your only? Is that your you only experience, or have you seen have you have you seen it elsewhere, or is it is it isolated? Is it that your only experience so far? You know what I've noticed that women candidates tend to, when they speak to me, they tend to push less for higher numbers than male candidates will sometimes. Um, yeah, they they tend to. Yeah, I've just noticed that. 
from from the times I've dealt with women as, a, uh, as opposed to men. Men will push more in general. Uh-huh. And who, from my can experience, I, can I ask whose fault would that be? I'm not saying it's anyone's fault. I'm just saying that's the way it no, is. No, I'm just no, I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just wondering as a as a participant on this uh, in this discussion. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering who. Where does the blame lie for women not negotiating? Well, On I think uh, part of it is is we've we've uh, experienced that you know we know there's lines that we have to tread that men don't, and when you push over it, you get penalized for it. So usually you okay. don't negotiate because you're not an idiot. Okay. Okay, she's been burned, uh, and she, you know, and so it's just, it's some mm. people, uh, other people, I guess they learn yeah. for the. Okay, mm. uh, okay. Uh, no, I do push and I do negotiate, but I'm just saying I've experienced that myself, and I know other people who have too. So. But, well, then it must be easier women, for you to hire women than men because. Yeah, it must, it must be easier to work with women because they're they're more pliable. Then they don't press back. Is that true? Um. Why would I want someone to be pliable? Because they'll take the money that you're offering them? <laughs> I want someone to have a fair offer because the worst thing I can do is give them uh, less and then they're gone in six months because another company comes along and gives a market rate. Mm. That would just be stupid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it doesn't mm-hmm. sound like you've noticed that uh, company are companies hiring young, pretty recruiters now that we're talking about women. That was the topic. <laughs> I knew this was going to come up. <laughs> <laughs> You've been priming the group for this all week, I've noticed. <laughs> all week? Yeah, he's been posting, like, all these things during the week I saw. Hold on. Yeah, Somebody called me. Somebody called me, all and he forever. said this is a problem. It's a problem in his business, okay? Uh, a lot of these mm-hmm. startups, have they're hiring young, pretty women, and he feels – that's that they're luring the engineers into their companies like that. Okay, he said not a well-established <laughs> company, Kathy's but startup. Again. Kathy's phone what? again. She's no, she's, I, didn't, I didn't cut her off. Phone. Let me see. No, no, I'm saying cut her off. It's getting crazy. It's all that stupid noise again. No, she's she not even on. She hung. She hung up. On this call. She There's must no have just noise. hung up then. Yeah, the noise is gone. Okay. You want to answer that, or do you, you want to pass on that? Want to pass on that question, Jerry? Do you have anything uh, to say not about necessarily. that? Necessarily. Um, I've had someone ask me the same question. Uh, one of my engineers asked me that. Um, what did he ask? Uh, he said, "Is there a reason there are so many, you know, recruiters in tech that look a certain way?" <laughs> Uh, I think in this country, and it's, um, it's also because a lot of people become a recruiter right out of school. I saw uh-huh. it when I was at my first agency. There were a lot of, um, you know, right out of school, young, pretty, usually blonde women uh, in recruitment, and some guys too, but it was overwhelmingly female. And some uh-huh. of them stay in it, and they may go into a technical company, and other, and a lot, you know, just go out into something else after their first job. I think it's partially uh-huh. from that. But there is the whole booth babe phenomenon. It's there for a reason. The what phenomenon? Booth babe. Booth babe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's a real yeah. – that's real. That is real according to you. Okay. Animal, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure some of it's real. Show. I'm not saying they're not qualified, but, I mean, <laughs> looks do matter. 
Jerry, Animal. did you have something? Jerry? I'd, I'd like to hear Jerry's idea. An idea for next week's show. Yeah. Uh, young, hot, Dutch recruiter babes. <laughs> <laughs> any, any chance we can just kind of have a special, you know, like a... That'll have to be in I hate November. I to break it to you, but Dalton Cruz is not a recruiter. <laughs> <laughs> Sharon. Okay. Sharon. Yeah. Sharon, how many, can, how many candidates do you submit for any, any one job, generally speaking? Oh, um, that depends. I'll usually want to submit maybe four. Really? Yeah. It's, easy, it's easy for it you to find. I mean, you can these are highly technical jobs. You can find four people who are suitable? On some of them, oh, yeah. Some of them or, like, most of them? Come on. Um, some of them, yes. Some they'll I'm, be I'm one or maybe be two. But I, my candidates are, all not, are not all within the country, though. I'll submit candidates who yep. live, you know, in a country nearby who are in the process of trying to move as well. It's uh-huh. hard to find candidates that are actually in the country, as, you know, if you want those kind of numbers. Okay, Are there a lot that want to move there? Jerry's got a question for you. Uh, I'm sorry, what did you say? Are, are there a lot of candidates that want to move there? I mean, do you have a steady stream of interested people that want to move? Yeah, there's a decent stream, yes. It used to you, be you more before the, the economy in Southern Europe improved, of course, but you've got a lot of people out of Southern Europe, Greece, that sort of area, Russia, um, don't even get me started about how many candidates are trying from Saudi Arabia and India. Well, you 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 mentioned a candidate, a, a developer from Denver. Yes. Was that person originally from the Netherlands, or are they no. from Western nope. Europe, or they just want to move nope. there? No, we wanted to move there. So um, I'm in a in a Facebook group where uh, his wife was in and. There was a conversation in a thread where I just mentioned that I was looking for Java developers. Mm-hmm. She said, hey, we're, you know, my husband's one of those. He, he's not even on social media. So I, cool. you know, another case of, you know, the spouse or girlfriend hooked us up. <laughs> well, so how, how does the salary compare? And the reason I ask, mm-hmm. I've recently started recruiting for a few locations in Europe and the U.K., Mm-hmm. And the salaries appear to be about half of what they are yeah. for the same role here, and yeah, that seems almost an insurmountable emotional change. Whether whether logically it's really the same, I don't know, but it would just feel different. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah, that's so absolutely how, true. How, that is how, hard to deal with. That's the first thing I have in a conversation with these people. Is like, have you done? any research into uh, what the salary levels are like. Anyone could go into Payscale, Netherlands, and find this out. Uh, but, yeah, that is the first barrier. If they haven't done any research, that would also bring, uh, bring me to wonder, are they very serious about it? Yeah. Good point. Okay. And do you find because, that I mean, Payscale.com is – in the Atlantic uh, moving, that's, that's a big deal. There's a lot of stuff you have to do to get that uh, done. Okay, but hold on a second. Are you saying that Payscale.com delivers accurate uh, figures? Uh, it's accurate. It's, it's not down to the dime accurate, but it's accurate enough to tell you that there's a huge discrepancy between those two countries. Uh-huh. Okay. 
Good question, Jerry. You know what? I haven't even, you know, I don't know why I asked a bunch of general questions. There's a a lot of nitty-gritty questions I I like to ask, and I I didn't get to ask Mm -hmm. them. It's my own fault. So you'll have to come back uh, uh, another time. Are you sure you want me back? (laughs) Yeah. You're a good talker. You're a good talker. I just have to guide you a bit. Yeah, I talked right? No, you 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 were you were very good, very lively. We can hear you, but I I like nitty gritty, okay? And I didn't I didn't lead mm-hmm. you to the nitty gritty, but I'm going to ask uh, the last question is going to be kind of uh-huh. uh okay. How do you deliver an offer? Like you know, Rich Rosen, who's a fantastic recruiter, he says he always when he talks to somebody on the phone he. He hams it up. He adds a little energy, right? And then I posted mm-hmm. on my Facebook group, okay, that uh, this person said when you deliver an offer, it, it has to be with energy. You have to get the person excited. What's your take mm-hmm. on that? Well, that's true. You should be doing that through the whole process. Every time you talk to that candidate, you should be delivering that kind of energy. Well, deliver it to me. Show me how it is. You don't have to be an yeah. extrovert to do that, though. Uh, you really, <laughs> really, that sounds, it sounds like an extrovert would be more inclined to do that. Okay. Now do that. Yeah. Like, how does that really more yeah, inclined, but explain but to me if, I, if I'm a pure extrovert, to explain to me why after I have one of my meetups where I'm socializing with 80 to a hundred people in a room, the next day, the only thing I want to do is just to stay home and not go out and see anyone for a day. An extra, a true okay. extrovert would not have that. <laughs> Okay, hold on. Can you imagine Michael G. Cox, you know, hamming it up to give or deliver an offer? I can't. I can't. Okay. I Maybe if well, he was drunk. I don't know him well enough to say. <laughs> Michael G. Cox is going to have to deliver next on the next show. He's going to have to show us how he delivers an offer. Okay. In the meantime, I'd like to I'd like to thank Michael G. Cox. I'd like to thank Kathy, who you know always has complaints. Jerry showed up and stayed for the show. Okay, that's a miracle. And our new friend, Sharon Dean Clark. Thank you! With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.